For the next few minutes, I would like to speak to you about sticking our necks out, taking risks, standing up for what's right, speaking truth even when truth is in short supply. And I'd like to do that with you in three different ways. First, I would like us to think together about the call that we have as followers of Jesus to stick our necks out from time to time for the things and the people that Jesus risked everything for. And then I would like us to think about how we go about sticking our necks out. And finally, I want to be honest with you about what can happen when we stick our necks out in this way. To help us with all that, we turn to this terrible and inspiring story of John the Baptist and Herod Antipas. Just to clear up a couple of things before we get started. First, the Herod in today's gospel reading is not that warm and fuzzy King Herod from the Christmas story. You know that guy who's so freaked out by the Magi, what they tell him about the the birth of a new king in Jerusalem, that he sends soldiers to slaughter all of the children under two years old in the town of Bethlehem. The guy, not the guy, who forces Mary and Joseph to flee with Jesus and to become refugees and asylum seekers in the land of Egypt. Not that guy. Now, the Herod in today's story, I want you to know, is that King Herod's son, Herod Antipas. And Herod Antipas is both similar and different from his dear old dad. Now, Herod Sr. is remembered as a great builder, but also as an autocratic and paranoid ruler who converts to Judaism to make it easier to gain political power, who kills off two of his kids because he thought they were scheming to take over, and his newly discovered religion and his penchant for offing his own sons led to a saying current at the time that in King Herod's court it was safer to be a pig than to be one of his children. Today's Herod, Herod Antipas, was a bit less cruel but also less effective than his dad. He appears in the gospel story twice. First, when he captures and then kills John the Baptist. And second, is towards the end of the gospel, when Jesus is arrested and the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, sends Jesus to Herod Antipas to figure out what to do with him. You may remember the scene from Jesus Christ Superstar when this Herod sings to Jesus, prove to me that you're no fool. Walk across my swimming pool. Thank you. <laughs> That's Herod Antipas. Got it. Herod Antipas is a little bit clueless. He throws over his first wife, who happens to be the daughter of the king of Syria, which causes a lot of friction, as you would imagine, with that ally of his. And then he goes and marries his brother's wife, Herodias. And that does not help the cause of family unity since his brother is still alive and he doesn't like that. This Herod, Herod Antipas, eventually gets fired by the Roman emperor and replaced by a guy who's his nephew and his cousin and his brother-in-law, all rolled into one. His name is Agrippa I, and you will see his 
picture in that middle window over on the south side of the sanctuary talking to his new friend, St. Paul. That's as much as I will ever tell you about Agrippa I. Okay, so now we know something important about Herod Antipas, which brings us back to the task at hand, sticking our necks out, learning to take risks, learning to stand up for what's right, to speak truth even when truth is in short supply. First, let's think together about this call we have as children of God and as followers of Jesus to do just that, to stick our necks out. And for that, we turn back to our friend John the Baptist. We don't know a lot about John the Baptist. We learn from Luke that John was a cousin of some sort of Jesus, that his dad was a priest in the Jerusalem temple, but that John leaves Jerusalem behind to start a prophetic ministry on the margins calling people to justice and to ethical living, inviting people to be baptized in the Jordan River, to die to their own old lives, and to be reborn into a different kind of life, a moral life, an ethical life, a life life of depth and meaning and spiritual purpose. We also know from the Gospels that John baptized Jesus. All four of the Gospel writers tell us that. And John likely taught Jesus as well. Jesus probably considered himself some kind of a disciple of John the Baptist. And we know this one other thing. And we know it not only from the Gospel writers, but also from Josephus, the ancient Jewish historian. We know that he had a way of sticking his neck out in a way that was not always appreciated by the powers that be. John had this innate sense of right and wrong, and that sense came to him from trying to follow the ways of God and not the political whims and safe thinking of the moment. His life was prophetic in just that way, calling BS on things that struck him as hypocritical. He didn't much care about what people thought of him. After all, (laughs) Scripture tells us the guy ate locusts and smelled like a camel, He was not an appealing person in that way. John had no problem challenging the hypocrisy of the people, even the people who came out to be baptized, calling them a brood of vipers and calling them also on their greed and their selfishness. And he had no problem calling BS on the the powers that be. That's what got him into trouble. That's what causes him, when he sticks his neck out in this way, to lose his head, as we've heard. So why do I think that we're called also to stick our necks out? Because as followers of Jesus, we emulate and even impersonate somebody who, like John, teaches us that the ways of God always trump the ways of people. Someone who teaches us, love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Someone who, when a lawyer asks Jesus, okay, who is my neighbor, answers through this wonderful story of the Good Samaritan that our neighbor is not necessarily people who look like you or talk like you or are from the same country as you or practice the same religion as you. 
Jesus has in mind a neighborliness that extends beyond all of those boundaries. And all those different sorts of people are our neighbors, your neighbors, my neighbors. And like the Samaritan in that story, we might need to stick our necks out from time to time to defend those neighbors of ours. So then to my second point. How do we go about sticking our necks out in a way that's both faithful and effective? How do we stick our necks out in a way that results in an increase in the amount of love and justice in the world? How do we stick our necks out without losing our heads, to mix metaphors? The story of John the Baptist calls to mind a a poem of Rudyard Kipling's that's called simply, If. And it starts like this. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all others doubt you and also make allowances for their doubting, if you can wait and not be tired out by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs, that's what I find myself wanting to do, yearning to do, trying to do. And it's not always easy. To my way of thinking, our country is headed in some strange and dangerous directions. And I find it necessary from time to time to try to stick my neck out a little bit, to say or do something to challenge the bigotry and small-mindedness that seems to be spreading like wildfires. Now, when we join the church, when we join the United Methodist Church, we're asked a few questions, and I'd like to share them with you in case we have forgotten them. The first is, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness? Do you reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin? That, to me, suggests that to live the Christian life, we recognize that the social and the political world is not always our friend and that we ourselves are not above participating in the sin of the world. And second, we're asked, do you accept the freedom and the power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And that, to me, says we need to avoid doing injustice ourselves. Not only that, though, that when we see that others are the victims of injustice and oppression. We're called to resist that injustice and oppression and evil, even when that resistance comes at a personal cost, as it surely does for John the Baptist. And third, we're asked, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages and nations and races. That's a mouthful. (laughs) But to me, it just means that I need to follow Jesus and not any political leader or social trend, that I need to serve Jesus by serving the vulnerable, and that I need to struggle against racism and sexism and nationalism and all the other isms that threaten to choke us and deny humanity to other children of God. So that's how we keep our heads, hopefully, while we're sticking our necks out a little bit.
Which brings me, you'll be grateful to know, to my last point. That I want to be honest with you about what can happen when we stick our necks out. What can happen when we stick our necks out? I'm pretty timid when it comes to sticking up for what I believe. I realized that two weeks ago when I was in New Hampshire getting ready for July 4th. In the little town near where we stay, they really do the 4th of July in a big way with a parade of homemade floats and old cars and tractors and Boy Scouts and fire engines and the town band playing patriotic songs. A.J. Tiedemann was there. And when I heard that they wanted to make protest signs to bring to the parade, I was kind of queasy about that. And I was almost then relieved when I had to leave before July 4th to come home and be with her mom in the last days of her life, which shows you how queasy I was. Frankly, I wondered, how would this paraded display of Americana celebrating the best of American heritage work with some jarring reminders of where we are as a nation, as opposed to where we should be? Well, I should have had more confidence in AJ. And I should have had more confidence in the people of small-town New England, Some of those signs read, up, up with education, down, down with deportation. Hashtag keep families together. Another one said, liberty and justice for all. And all also means black people, indigenous people, queer people, trans people, Muslims, people with disabilities, and so forth. There were more signs. And how did the people react? I can't tell you from personal experience since I was safely miles away, but evidently the paraders loved it. Loved that AJ and crew were being real, at the same time honoring what's actually honorable about our country, and that the paraders kept stepping out of line to thank them for their witness to that ancient prophetic tradition of calling BS when needed on hypocrisy and mean-spiritedness. My own resistance to hate and evil has been mild so far. Some sermons, some protests, a few hours in jail, nothing compared to John the Baptist, nothing compared to Jesus. But I know this, and I'll leave you with this. Like Kipling says, we're called to try and keep our heads when all around us are losing theirs. And that includes, when necessary, sticking our necks out. Sticking our necks out in defense of those who are vulnerable. Sticking our necks out in a way that makes us vulnerable ourselves. Sticking our necks out in a way that could possibly cost us. And so as we go through these weeks ahead, I ask you to try and keep John the Baptist in mind and summon some of the courage that he shows to stand up for what it is that you believe is right, standing up for the way of love and justice, standing up for the best of the Christian tradition, and standing up for the kind of love that our founder gave his life for. 
Amen? Amen.